Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ditch the clowns on the left and the jokers on the right and join Michael Smirconish right here in the middle. This is the Smirconish podcast for independent minds. If we stopped using prisons to warehouse psychiatric patients, we could heal people and save tax dollars. That's the provocative thesis of an essay that ran in The Atlantic that is now posted at Smirconish.com and in my social media. The authors are Steve Leifman, an associate administrative judge for the 11th Judicial Circuit in Miami-Dade County, Florida, and my guest, Dr. Norman Ornstein, who's an emeritus scholar at the American Enterprise Institute and joins me now. Dr. Ornstein, thanks so much for coming back to the program. I hope you've been well. It has been too long. It certainly has, Michael, and I'm doing all right. Uh, No COVID, and I hope you are as well. I am. So what made the two of you pair up and decide that you needed to publish on this subject? So um, our relationship goes back uh, about seven years. Um, My uh, son, Matthew, who was a brilliant young man, national champion, high school debater, went to Princeton, excelled, was out in Hollywood, had a psychotic break at age 24, and went through 10 years of hell uh, with a serious mental illness that also included something called anisognosia, which is a part of the brain disease where you have no insight into your own illness. He went untreated and died on January 3rd, 2015. So sorry. Uh, my wife and I, oh, thank you. My wife and I created a foundation in his memory and began to do our due diligence to find out everything we could about the nature of mental illness and the broken health system and the broken system that deals with these terrible problems that are brain diseases. Uh, We encountered Judge Leifman at a a forum in Boston, and then uh, I became uh, better acquainted with him. Uh, My wife and I went down to Miami and saw the miraculous things that he had done. He's transformed the criminal justice system in Miami-Dade County, Florida, the seventh largest and most populous county in America, saving lives and saving money. We've done a documentary about his remarkable work, which aired on PBS called The Definition of Insanity which you can actually access at pbs.org. And um, we've been uh, working together ever since, trying to find ways to spread best practices, which is very difficult to do in this society, I'm afraid. The data that you quote is pretty stunning. Miami-Dade County currently spends $636,000 a day, or $232 million a year, to warehouse approximately 2,400 people with mental illnesses in its jails. In shocking contrast, the entire state of Florida spends only $47.3 million annually to provide mental health services to about 34,000 people in Miami-Dade and Monroe counties. I had no idea that the Miami-Dade County was itself spending so much every day. And Miami-Dade uh, County is a, a shining example, so you can only imagine what it's like elsewhere. The amount of money that we spend and waste for no good purpose 
housing people who are not going to be better. In fact, they're going to get worse in jail or prison. What so often happens when people are in jail, and in many cases, these are uh, people in jail for misdemeanors. Um, They can't make bail. They uh, have no ability to navigate the system. They um, are not going to respond well to commands. And as you know, if if a police officer issues commands or a prison guard issues commands, and they're not obeyed, they escalate. These people often end up in solitary confinement, the worst thing you can do for somebody with a serious mental illness. Uh, and then they're dumped back out onto the streets, and it goes through a cycle. It costs taxpayers an enormous sum of money. And I'll tell you, along with that, Michael, the amount of money that taxpayers put out because of violent encounters with police that end up in wrongful death or wrongful assault suits also is staggering. After all the reforms that uh, Judge Leifman has been able to implement in Miami, and because they were able to work with police and reform the way police deal with uh, people who uh, have signs of mental illness on the streets, they were able to increase the bond rating in the city of Miami because of all the money they saved from uh, so many fewer wrongful deaths. Well, I think it's a shame that an otherwise thoughtful conversation about the allocation of police resources got off track because of a poor name or label that was given to the movement, which, of course, was defund the police. At least from my understanding, what it what it was intended to be was a conversation about who is best able to respond to a particular situation, including a mental health crisis that's playing itself out. You're exactly right. And one of the great benefits of what uh, we've seen in Miami-Dade, and it's in shorthand called the Miami model, is that while reforming the criminal justice system so that there's a uh, – for people who come in and have an encounter with that system, and a very large share of those with a serious mental illness do. My son did not, thankfully, but uh, he was an exception in this case. And they're, you know, arrested for vagrancy. They're homeless on the streets. It might be a drug charge because if you have a serious mental illness and you're untreated, people self-medicate. Um, it could be a nonviolent misdemeanor of that sort or even a nonviolent felony. Um, and what they've been able to do is to get them into a pretrial diversion program. But they also have a pre-arrest program, which includes training police. And as they've trained the police in crisis intervention team policing, trained the 911 responders to be sure they send the right teams out, they've had another really interesting and important development. The person who does this training, who's a remarkable woman, um, is now getting 150 calls a month from police about their own mental health issues. More police die of suicide every year than in the line of duty. They have terrible problems of divorce, of alcohol use, of drug abuse. There's PTSD. It's a very difficult job. And what they've done in Miami-Dade is to get people the ability to get treatment outside the system so that they're not ostracized or ridiculed or shunned or taken off the beat inside. And they've changed the culture of policing there. And in the process, they've cut dramatically, as I mentioned, the number of violent encounters. They've also cut the number of arrests. They've found that they can improve the culture. 
There are ways of doing this where you can partner with police instead of creating a completely adversarial relationship, which is what defunding the police does. And that's something that has to be spread around the country. This is the Smirconish Podcast from SiriusXM. Hey, the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails, and with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers and with available features like the panoramic moonroof. You can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. Visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Listen to Michael live weekdays on POTUS. Sirius XM Channel 124 and on the SXM app. As one who has firsthand experience, do you think, I mean, we're right now in the midst of a mental health crisis by any number of different metrics, particularly for young Americans. I can't speak to the rest of the globe. Do you yeah. think that that we we recognize it because more are willing to discuss it or has something changed even in the last six or seven years since the passing of your own son? So I, I think we're inching towards something that's a little bit better, but inching is the appropriate word. There's somewhat less stigma that surrounds this. There is somewhat less of a misunderstanding. Uh, one of the things that really frustrated my family, Michael, is that when my son was going through his issues and he had this psychotic break, he thought that God had taken his soul and he was on a journey to get it back. He actually did a lot of good works, but he also was depressed because he didn't understand what had happened to him. And we had our friends and people we knew who were you know, smart, highly educated, who used to say to us, why don't you just kick him in the ass? As if this were something he was doing willfully. Uh, it's as if I said to somebody with uh, stage four colon cancer, why aren't you taking better care of yourself? What's wrong with you? Uh, this is not something that you can control. It is an, a disease of an organ. We sometimes call serious mental illness stage four brain disease. And we're starting to get, I think, a little better understanding of that. We're starting in different places to recognize that you've got to provide treatment and wraparound services. As we see a housing crisis in the homeless population, a large share of whom are people with untreated uh, serious mental illness. We're starting to look for ways to ameliorate that so that we can get people back and restore some element of their lives. But at the same time, look at the debate that's going on now, Michael, over guns and the attempt to divert it into simply something that's a problem for people with mental illness. If we start to think of it in, in almost every instance where we've had some kind of violent incident involving somebody with a mental illness is because they were untreated. But people with a serious mental illness are far more likely to be victims themselves than perpetrators. 
And it's a tiny share of those incidents where those are involved. But if we get diverted off onto that path and view this not as a gun issue, but simply as an issue of people who are crazy, then we're going to head in the wrong direction. We have to do uh, both things simultaneously. I think that words matter. And I noted that you regard this subject as brain disease. I I try and condition myself to speak of brain health and not mental illness, which I think is more attached to a stigma. And I'm also, this is a complicated subject, but I have top of mind the insurance ramifications of what we're talking about. I keep waiting for a politician to understand that everyone is a degree of separation away from the subject that I'm discussing with Dr. Norm Ornstein. This is the Smirconish Podcast from Sirius XM. Hey, the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails, and with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers and with available features like the panoramic moonroof. You can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. Visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Listen to Michael live weekdays on POTUS. Sirius XM Channel 124 and on the SXM app. And one of the problems in treatment is that uh, those who can go into their own pocket can get can get treated. But so many among us who can't have uh, uh, the, the hindrance of being able to find a practitioner willing to take them. In other words, so many just say, I'm only going to accept cash and I'm sorry, I don't accept insurance. I'm sure you know of the issue that I'm addressing. I certainly do. It's a broader problem, though, Michael. Uh, You know, we have resources. I'm pretty well connected. Uh, I talk to experts everywhere. We were helpless because of this broken system. You know, my son was over 18. He refused treatment. Uh, He thought that getting treated was going to take him further from his path. So it's not just money, though money is certainly a significant uh, part of it. We have to look at this in a different way. And I'll tell you one other element to this that's very unsettling. The pandemic is going to uh, result in a dramatic increase in problems of those with depression, with suicidal ideation. Young people, as you mentioned, you know, it's been a very difficult couple of years. We know that pandemics increase uh, the number of people who have schizophrenia or other serious mental illness because of the stresses. You know, what happened to my son is what happens to so many. Uh, Between the ages of roughly 17 and 25, it's when the prefrontal cortex is just beginning to fuse and develop, and it's the vulnerable time. And people who may have a genetic predisposition or uh, there may be other reasons, stress can bring that kind of psychotic break. We're going to see more of this. And what we're seeing is we're having fewer and fewer mental health professionals trained to be able to deal with these issues. I'll tell you one of the problems that we had, most psychiatrists have no 
particular depth when it comes to these issues of serious mental illness and frankly have no interest in treating them. Uh, you know, what a psychiatrist wants is in private practice is somebody who comes at 11 o'clock on the dot, complains about a spouse or children or uh, work, uh, leaves at 11.45 on the dot and pays the bill. You're right about that. In cash. My son could no more could have, in cash, my son could no more have come to a particular place at, you know, Tuesdays at 11 o'clock. That's the, the case with most people who have these illnesses. So we, need, we also need to look at reforming the psychiatric profession and getting more people who are trained and willing to look at those who have a serious mental illness. And we have to find a way to treat people who have no insight, who are gripped by delusions. You know, we have a group of people in the country, uh, you could call it the sort of civil liberties union uh, run rampant, who think that uh, it's perfectly all right if somebody's making a choice to live under a bridge and uh, freeze to death. These are not people who are uh, in a position to be able to make their own decisions. We have to have safeguards for civil liberties. But if it's just cruel beyond belief to, uh, to treat those who cannot understand where they are in the society you know, I, as I if just... they're perfectly competent. I just had this conversation with Michael Schellenberger in California because I had been to L.A. Skid Row and I'd been to San Francisco and I'd seen firsthand what we call homelessness. And his whole premise is stop referring to it as if it's a matter of shelter. It's it's an issue of uh, of mental health and and drug addiction. Dr. Ornstein, I have to wrap up. G- give me the, the, the 60 second takeaway as it relates to people being incarcerated. We need to move away from treating people with mental illness as prisoners and treat them as human beings with wraparound services and with some compassion. It will save lives and it will save a ton of money for taxpayers. We know how to do it. We're trying to spread those best practices everywhere. Look at the film, The Definition of Insanity, and then we'll come to a local community and try and help you find that way. Really appreciate you coming back on such a serious subject, and I hope I see you again soon. I hope so, too, Michael. Thank you very much. That's Norm Ornstein, Steve Leifman. Judge Leifman is the co-author. Read the piece. It's in all my social media right now. It's a very important subject and one that deserves a lot more attention than it receives, even though I do my part here to talk about it as often as I can. Hear more of Michael Smirconish on Sirius XM's POTUS, Channel 124. Live weekdays from 9 a.m. to noon east or anytime on the SXM app. Connect with Michael on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and at Smirconish.com. Michael Smirconish for Independent Minds. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America.